You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast, and I am Rick Thomas. This is episode 165. The title of this podcast is Why Our Program, Our Mastermind Program, Can Be As Lame As Any Other. I'm not saying that all other Bible studies and training, Christian training programs are lame, but they can be. Of course they can. And let me make a self-admission here. Our program can be lame too. And that's what I want to talk about in this podcast. I want to talk it out with you. Therefore, if you're interested in reading more about this, you can read the show notes that I have here at episode 165. Now, also, because we are an interactive ministry, and if you really want to get into it, uh, you can ask me any question that you would like about our Mastermind program or the content of this podcast, episode 165, by going to our free community forum. Get your free username and password and log in. The reason that we we require that is because we live in a spammy world, and you wouldn't you might be surprised at the amount of spam that we get every day. And I do mean every day. People try to spam us, and so we do have to have certain safety measures in place. We always have to be outrunning the spammers, and that's why uh, we do stay on top of that. And we do have a wonderful website that is secure. Uh, But part of that security requires you to have a username and a password that's unique to you. And by the way, I don't know your password. There's no way for me to know your password. The only person, the only two people in the world that would know your password is you and God and then anybody else that you might share it with. And so we do have a secure website. But you do need to log in, get your username and password, and you're good to go. And you can ask me a question about anything pertaining to life and godliness, or you can ask specifically about this podcast, this Life Over Coffee podcast. The title, Why Our Program Can Be As Lame As Any Other. Now, what I want to do in the program, in this podcast, is I want to share with you a verbatim report uh, that I had with a student this weekend. Uh, The student's doing a great job in the program, and as I'm not going to mention his name, but as I was reading his report so that all the other students can relax, will he do this to us too? And so I'm not going to share with you the name, but uh, he was doing so well, and as I was going over his report A couple of days ago, I was thinking, this is really good, and I think it would benefit a lot of people to hear some of the things that he said, and also uh, my interaction with him. Part of the requirements of our Mastermind program is for the student to interact and personalize blocks of topical content to their lives. Now, there are several other things that they have to do, but one of the aspects of the training is they take a topic, a series uh, on a topic about an idea. And what they have to do is is they have to feedback to me. They have to write a report based on this topic, whatever the topic may be. And then, of course, I supervise it and I send it back to them with my remarks in it. And so that's part of the requirements. Now, if you want to learn more about our Mastermind program, I do have a link here in the show notes. You can find it on our website, There's a lot of information there. There are articles that you can read. Uh, There are videos to watch. There are podcasts to listen to. There's uh, 
uh, when I say articles to read, I mean there's content to read. Uh, there are articles to read, uh, as a matter of fact. And then there's also Q&A. So I have a lot of information there. Uh, I do want to be very clear on the front end so that when a person comes to our program, I don't want them to be surprised about what they're getting. If you do this program correctly, then it's not lame. In fact, it would be exceptional, and it will transform your lives, uh, your life, and that is a guarantee if you do it the right way. But if you do it the wrong way, well, that's what the title of this podcast is, why our program can be as lame as any other. And so I want to share with you what the student sent in on his report, and then I want to share with you my responses to him, and then I'll add a few comments along the way. But again, you can go to episode 165, and you can read exactly what he wrote, and you can read exactly what I wrote back to him. But here's his first little comment on on his assignment. He says, I was relaying to my pastor how challenging this program is. I paraphrased a line from the webinar this week. The line that he paraphrased is when I said, if you take this class and only learn the content, you miss the point. Now, what he's talking about is I did a 10-part series, an introduction to biblical counseling series, over the past two and a half months. That series is complete, and all of those webinars are on the webinar page of our website, and if you're a supporting member of our ministry, you can watch all of those webinars as many times as you want to. But he attended those webinars, and in the last one, maybe, that may be the one he's referring to, I don't remember now, but I did make the statement. I said, if you take this class or take this mastermind program and only learn the content, you will miss the point. Now, here is what I shared with the student. I said, quote, I'm not sure if I have made that point before the webinar. I'm not sure if I made that point about missing the point before I stated it in that webinar. But as I was prepping for the webinar and thinking about the results of our training on those who have graduated or the current students who are further along, it became apparent how our Mastermind program can be like all the other training that folks receive. I have talked for years how books and programs and Bible studies can be the stacking of knowledge on top of knowledge, but I've never connected that concept to our program because we do focus on application a lot. But it might be better said that I, Rick, focuses on application a lot, though every student may not be doing that. Now, what I said to him is key uh, to the point of this podcast, why our program can be as lame as any other, and that's the key idea. It can be as lame as any other if the only thing that you are doing is stacking knowledge on top of knowledge. This is a huge problem within Christianity. It is a huge problem within many of the training programs that Christians participate in. Now, I'm not saying that we should throw all of the training out because we do need 
core foundational theological training. We need Bible studies. We need all, all kinds of theological training. But if all that we receive is knowledge, where we're, as I say here, we're stacking knowledge on top of knowledge, if that is all that we receive, well, I mean, there's some bad things that can happen. One, obviously, is we, we can become very arrogant because knowledge can puff up. Uh, but the other issue and the real issue, other than arrogance, is that we really haven't learned to connect sound theology to our everyday lives. And quite honestly, that's why this ministry exists. People come to us asking that question. How do you connect theology to a person's life? I would say that 99.9% of all the questions, and I'm talking about thousands of questions in a decade, thousands of questions have been asked this ministry. 99.9% of those questions are all application questions. Every now and then we'll get a question about theology, but people come to us because they want to connect theology or they want to connect the Bible to their everyday lives. And if our program, if our mastermind program does not teach the student how to do that, then we can be as lame as any other program I do not have a desire to just teach theology or just teach knowledge. I've been doing counseling long enough to know that it, it, is, it is almost exceptional uh, to counsel somebody who doesn't have the prerequisite Bible knowledge that they need to have to live the life that they need to live. In almost every case, it's not about a deficit of Bible knowledge, but in virtually every case, it is a deficit of application. And so my student is saying, he's quoting the point that I made in the webinar, that if you take this class and only learn the content, you miss the point. If a student does not focus on application, our training will be some version of all the other training that they may receive. And so I was very glad that, that he heard that point in the webinar because it is a huge point. And the onus is on each student to step up when they are ready and do more in the area of application. Now I say when they are ready, but also realize that if I leave the onus on the student for when they are ready, I know my students well enough to know that they may never be ready. I know that it is easy to default to never be ready rather than stepping into the application phase of our ministry. And I've heard all the answers. Let me share some of the reasons that our students give as to why they delay in this area of application, of actually counseling people. One is fear of man. And that is a common sin issue that all of us struggle with to varying degrees. And you know, you can read about you know, how to counsel 
And you can read all this knowledge, as I've been talking about in this podcast, but it is a, a different matter when you have to step out of the boat and walk on water. It is a different matter when you have to sit in front of someone and you start uh, counseling them. You can take in knowledge, and you can take in knowledge like a fish drinking water, but at some point, you've got to start communicating the knowledge that you have received in a practical way to a person who needs practical help, and fear of man can be a huge obstacle. That's why I say when they are ready may not be the best way to say it because some of our students will will never be ready if you leave it just to them. Therefore, I have to push them along, motivate them, encourage them, let them know that they can do this. Another reason that they don't step into the application phase of our mastermind program is procrastination. Now, that can be tied to fear of man, which is somewhat obvious, but then Uh, You have other people that they just have this sin pattern in their life where they put things off, and so they end up doing all the easy stuff first, and they end up skipping the, the more difficult things because they are procrastinators. A third reason a student will not step into the application of our mastermind program is they will say that, that I am not qualified. And I hear that all the time, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. And then a fourth reason, well, you can just fill in the blank. I mean, there are many other reasons. See, there's three parts to our program. There's the understanding of theology. There's the understanding of sanctification. That's point number two. And then the third part is bringing those two things together, theology and sanctification, bringing them together into an application phase. And people love studying theology. People love studying sanctification, reading sanctification books, self-help books, whatever you want to call them. But there comes a time where you have to take all that information and, and you put it into this third aspect, which is application, which is what I'm talking about uh, in, this, in this podcast here. Now, part of the solution is, is all of us as a mastermind team the students motivating each other to step up, for me to motivate them to step up. Now, one of the ways that they can step up in our program, let let me talk to you just a bit about uh, what the application training means to our mastermind program. There are two key aspects to it. One, we have case studies. These are little uh, pericopes, little uh, scenarios that lay out a a story, a situational difficulty, a marriage problem, a personal problem, and they're really short. And there's 48 of them in our mastermind program. And so if they did the program in two years, uh, they would do uh, in two years, that would be two uh, case studies a month. I believe I believe my math is right there. Now, the thing about the case studies is, well, one, they're sterile. They're not interactive. And so the student has questions to, that they have to answer about the case study. This is the application phase. And so Mabel comes in, and she doesn't like Biff, and this is what's going on in their life, da-da-da-da-da. 
And then I have three questions, uh, three or four questions that they have to answer, and they answer those questions. Now, here's the thing about the case studies is that the answers that they give could sound really good. But remember that Biff and Mabel are not going to respond to what the student says because Biff and Mabel are fictional. They're not real people. These are sterile, uh, contrived case studies, even though they're very real-life situations. None of them are not real life. All of them are real things that happen to us. But if you hear about a person's problem and and then you just say, well, this is what I would do, and that could sound really great, but Biff and Mabel aren't coming back and giving you more data or they're not coming back and saying, I don't like that, or they're not coming back and you know, presenting an angle that you didn't consider or whatever. And so it's non-interactive, it's non-responsive, and because of that, you will not learn how to do counseling well. Basically, you're just having one counseling session where they share their problem, you share your answer. But that is not how counseling works. Counseling is a, a season. There are multiple counseling sessions. There is a beginning, and there's a middle, and there's an end. And a good counselor has to learn how to carry the counseling all the way through and navigate all the contours that uh, will be inside of that counseling season. And a singular case study could never do that. But that is one aspect. And and, and the aspect is for them to get their feet wet and start to think about the application phase. But where the student really learns how to counsel is that we require, uh, we ask our students to start interacting with people who come to us on the forums. And when people come to us on the forums, well, uh, those are real-life situations, too, and they're real people, and that is interactive. And the, so the student will share the counsel to the individual who's asking a specific real-life question. But instead of the case study where Bill and Mabel never comes back and responds to you, uh, these people on the forum come back. They give more detail where they will say, well, you didn't quite understand me here. Let me clarify here. Or what about in this situation? And so now uh, the student is, is interacting with the person from beginning to end, and they're moving along these contours. Now, I read everything that, that comes uh, into our forums. And so nothing, there's no interaction that I, uh, that I don't read, that I that uh, is missed uh, because I'm supervising my students, but I'm also caring for the community that comes to us. And so there's no danger here, and it is a, a beautiful setup uh, to where you really do learn how to apply, but that scares our, our students. And it's one of the reasons, as I said earlier, one of the reasons that people give, one could be fear of man, two could be procrastination, and three, I said, I'm not qualified. And then my student in this report, I want to share with you what he said. He said, getting reps in, which is a common phrase that I use with our students, you will not become a good counselor until you have been counseling for about 10 years consistently. It takes a long time to become a good counselor. And so here's the, here's the conundrum. 
It's like, I'm going to wait until I'm a good counselor before I start counseling. Well, that's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's like a person becoming born again, and they say, I'm not going to share Christ with anybody until I become a professional at it, until I'm no longer a novice at it. Well, it's not going to happen. You'll have to do exactly what the woman at the well did. She knew Christ for 30 seconds, and she shared within the uh, information data, data bank that she had, and that's all that she had. And that's good enough. But what you want to do is you keep doing that. You're not sharing outside of your expertise. You're sharing within your expertise. But as you are doing that, you're getting your reps in, which is what my student is saying here when he uses this term, getting your reps in. So he says getting reps in is hard when you consider that these are real people with real problems. They are not case studies that get critiqued and returned for finer honing, but real people that have already decided to some degree or another to both trust us and to believe that we can help them. Now, I appreciate the sobriety in which my student here is communicating. Uh, It would definitely be a problem if any of our students were flippant about this idea of biblical counseling, and they they took the people who come to us in a flippant type manner. Now, none of them do. None of our students have ever done that. If our students are going to err, they will not err on the side of impulsivity. Uh, they will err on the side of sobriety and fear as this student is communicating here. Now, here's my response to the student. I said, that feeling won't ever change. That feeling of sobriety, that feeling of seriousness, that feeling of the weight that you feel when people come to you with real problems. But then I went on to say, you could think of it this way, quote, when I arrive, I will be ready to help folks, end quote. And then I said, do you hear the arrogance in that statement? The truth is, we never arrive. Even though I have been counseling way more than 10 years, and I said that it takes 10 years of consistent counseling before you will ever get really good at it, but being good at it and being comfortable with the practice, being detached from the the seriousness of it, that never goes away. But here's something else that you want to think about. I mean, first of all, I mean, you never are going to arrive. You're always going to be a work in progress, but I also want you to realize that we don't want, or you don't want to, we all don't want to be legalist, meaning what I do matters the most and not the grace of God. When I arrive can sound quite arrogant, honestly, when I have it all together, when I'm a great counselor, when I know everything, or when I have, I believe I have the ability to do what it takes. Well, we want to be careful here. 
Uh, you can have all the information in the world. You can be the greatest counselor in the world, but it is the grace of God that changes people. And so there's two ditches here that you want to stay out of. I've been talking about the one ditch of arrogance and arriving and having it all together and et cetera. And of course, none of our students ever land in that ditch. But then there's the other ditch where you disqualify yourself from doing the very thing that God has called you to do. In Romans 15, 14, Paul says that you're filled with all goodness, you're filled with all knowledge, and you're able to admonish one another. Uh, Paul understands that when we are saved, we are filled with goodness and we're filled with knowledge and we're able to bring soul care to other people. Now, can you do it better? Well, of course you can in 10 years from now or five years from now or one year from now or one month from now. Of course, you're always going to be able to do it better but you don't want to beat yourself down into passivity, which leads you to doing absolutely nothing. I understand this tension. And so, and I hear this in the church all the time. People automatically disqualify themselves from helping people. Therefore, they don't do anything. And that is wrong. It is exceptional. I, I can't even think of the person who has been in the other ditch. I'm, I'm racking my brain here thinking of someone that I've interacted with uh, in the past who uh, thinks or has thought that they have it all together. That's, that's an exceptional person, and I just don't recall uh, that person, though I know that they do exist. But the people that I run into all the time, and this is what happens with my students, is that uh, they disqualify themselves. Uh, they beat themselves into passivity, as I say here, as I said here uh, to my student. And so I don't want him or any of my students to ever lose that seriousness of what they're doing. I want them to always uh, hold that in one hand. And then I also want them to hold in the other hand that I've got to step up to this and, and God will help me in this moment. And this is where you experience the supernatural. When you step out in faith and say, I'm going to do what I believe God has called me to do. And every Christian should, should do this, by the way. Every Christian should do this. The qualifications for doing soul care is, one, obviously, are you a Christian? Two, do you love God's word? Three, do you love people? Four, do you love bringing God's word to bear on people's lives? Now, the answer to those four questions should be yes, I am a Christian, I love God's Word, I love people, and I want to connect God's Word to people's lives practically. If you say no to any of those four questions, there's something wrong with you. Therefore, I'm a Christian, love God's Word, love people, want to connect God's Word to people's lives, then you step into the capacity that God has given you, and you meet God in that moment, and you share. Can you get better? Of course you can. But here's the tension, and this is what my student was saying. Getting reps in is hard. Well, yes, it's hard, but you must do this. 
no matter what you do, if you're going to be a painter, if you're going to be a, a baseball player, if you're going to be a musician, it doesn't matter. You have to get reps in. But then somebody will say, well, the difference is, is it you're tinkering with people's lives. Well, of course you are, but you're also obeying God. You're filled with all goodness, you're filled with knowledge, and you're able to bring this uh, soul care to another person. We are called to do this, and God, if God has called you to do this, we can't be negligent in it, and by uh, the practice of doing it over and over again, which is what we mean by getting your reps in, of course you're going to get better in it, but God will meet you the first time you do it, and he will meet you the last time you do it. And you, uh, you will experience that kind of grace and the individuals that you encounter, as you encounter them with that kind of humility, they will benefit. And so to finish this, by the way, this is episode 165, and while our program can be as lame as, as any other, it will be lame if we don't step into the application phase of bringing the Bible to bear in people's lives. But my student finished with this. He says, I'm determined to finish this course, but I have relented from trying to do so in two years or less. I do not want to speed through the content and come out with knowledge at the expense of wisdom and maturity. And I say, praise God. It's not about checking boxes. It's not about speeding through the course. It's about learning how to take the Word of God and to apply it with all wisdom and all maturity in an individual's life, regardless of how long it takes. The student has learned the key. Let's see if he will persevere. Episode 165, why our program can be as lame as any other. If you want to learn more about our training or anything else, let us know. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.